That's One Worship with Heartbeat featuring Darren McLean on your Victory 91.5. The Sound of Revival. This is Keith. I have Ray in going through the Passover. It's always great to have Ray in studio, but always when it's Passover time and just giving us really awesome information. And I was talking to you earlier about uh, the plagues and just how we've kind of looked at each of the plagues and we're able to... uh, to really kind of dig a little deeper than what you sure. know, what we know of just the plagues, of just the frogs, of just the locusts, of just the flies, but being able to really see where that ties in together. Yeah, the just why some, of it. The why, exactly, exactly. And we're looking at part number 10. And, you know, this year, every Passover is different, and I always pray before we do these things, obviously, because it takes months of preparation. And so I always ask God, you know, what it is you want to focus on this year? And because this is 5777, has to deal with a sword, uh, it is definitely about war, and God is the God, uh, he's a man of war, is how he's described, and uh, the commander of the armies of the Lord. So is it is, it, is that aspect of it? And that definitely that's it. But uh, in scripture, when God has a sword, it's always coming from his mouth. And so this year, especially, uh, you'll see it in, you already see it in America a lot, but you see it all over the world too. Uh, the battle is really right here in the mouth. You know, it's truth versus lies. It's, it's victories that are coming that you can't even imagine now, but it's going to be coming from things that are spoken. And God is going to do a lot of amazing things this year. And so as we get ready for Passover, really began to look at more of the peripheries than I usually do, really hone in a lot on the meal and the elements and all that. And we're going to do that in the next hour or so. But what was going on apart from the meal, before the meal, after the meal, this Passover is really about taking a hard look at that because our lives are that. We 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 live this out every single day of our lives. And Passover comes every every year so that we can take a, a good inward look at what God is doing wants us and that we can see him more clearly in the year that we're in. So my prayer for you this year is as we go through this Passover together that you uh, not only will stop with either yourself or your family and, and find a way, whether it's communion, whether it's a whole Passover meal or whatever you're going to do to remember and to go back through and relive the story and find out how it applies to you, do something. Uh, take the time, no matter what day it is or how much time you invest in it, make sure you, you do what he's asked you to do because I think you'll discover some things about your walk with Christ that you haven't before. And uh, this, this particular time, I'm going to talk about the coming out of Egypt and it, in Exodus 12. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years on the very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Now think about that for a second. These slaves walk out, but God doesn't see slaves. He sees the armies of the Lord. He has a purpose, and he has that exact same purpose for you today. You are the army of the Lord. He has a plan for you. And it's a night of solemn, uh, this is still Exodus 12, a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. And you are the children of Israel. You're grafted into Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with the blood of Jesus that has washed you from your sins. You are this people. You are the army of the Lord. And so tonight, is a night of solemn observance to the Lord. So what was this night like for the first Passover? Well, the firstborn were going to die. Um, Even in the Jewish homes, you got to imagine, there was some fear. If you were the firstborn, 
in the, in the Israelite household that night. I'm thinking, the death angel's coming to town. You know, I'm betting you are not falling asleep that night. I'm betting you are staying awake. You know, no matter how much faith you have, you, you're not going to be Jonah sleeping in the, in the boat. You're going to be, as a firstborn, going, you're praying. You may be reading. You may, do, you may be doing a lot of things, but sleeping is not one of them. If you were a mother with your firstborn son, you know that millions of children are going to be killed that night. Are you going to just fall asleep? Probably not, no. So this watch night becomes a tradition. You stay up all night and pray. And the good news is after that, the death angel wasn't coming, but it became a tradition nonetheless. In the Garden of Gethsemane, if you ever wonder what's going on there. So that was Passover night. So as a Jewish man, this tradition was still running in his blood. And it gives a, a deeper meaning to could you not tarry even one hour? Because he's looking at them saying, man, just for your tradition of Passover, you would have stayed awake. And here I am needing you to pray for me because the death angel's coming for me tonight. And yet they couldn't stay awake. He asked them to keep watch with him. Remember, it's a watch night. So the death angel was coming for him later on the cross. And he was preparing for that moment. He needed them. And they refused. And this is the challenge to you today and every day is don't be the one falling asleep when God needs you. He's always compelling us to do this, that, or the other thing. And so often we, we fail. We know we, we lack courage or there's something wrong or we're just, we've done so much of our own thing, we're falling asleep. And I, I think we've all done that. So uh, setting the stage for Passover, Jesus condemns the Pharisees as children of hell. He prophesies the temple's destruction, and he warns his followers to escape the destruction that Titus, the Roman emperor, would bring in 70 AD. Do you know that 70 years forward from that day, one million Jews were killed when Jerusalem was destroyed, but not one Christian perished because they listened to Jesus and they got out of Dodge. But one million Jews were killed when Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. So there's a... Mm, massive amount of moments where Jesus is warning us, just getting our attention. So Passover, in a big sense, changes everything. Uh, what changed about offerings from Adam to Abraham to Jacob to Passover in Egypt, always before, uh, there's a big change here, eating the sacrifice at Passover. Before then, God walked through the pieces with Abram, or they were placed on an altar and burned entirely. This is the first time you see them eating the sacrifice. Passover is a different meal uh, for a different reason. If you fast forward to when they entered the promised land and were ready to destroy Jericho, first they circumcised those born in the desert, and God has done that to our hearts. Then they ate Passover, so God was literally in them, right? Then God stopped the manna from falling each day because we're now co-laborers with him. You might see a thing there. They ate Passover before they defeated the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. They ate it before Jericho. Jesus ate it before facing the cross. So my question to you today, tonight specifically, is there some reason you think that we don't need a pre-workout, so to speak? <laughs> it's a great meal. Uh, the fall of Jericho, we talked about it a little earlier. We talked kind of the periphery, but... Joshua is near Jericho. He looks up, sees a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and said, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. 
So this same commander was at the first Passover with him. He's now at the 40th Passover with him. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground. I'm saying that's really the third Passover because they had 40 years of wandering. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And this year of 577 where God's got a sword in his hand again, you should be asking him that on this Passover. What message do you have for me? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. See, we think he's talking about an angel army, but angels didn't dock, knock down the walls of Jericho. He's talking about Exodus 12, 42. We're the army of the Lord. Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, and he said at the name of Jesus, Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. You see, commander of the army of the Lord is just one of his names. You know, when he entered Jerusalem and they were praising him and the Pharisees were offended, he said, they don't have a choice. You don't understand. If they don't praise me, the very rocks will cry out. That was an interesting revelation, a throwback to Jericho. So let me paraphrase how Jesus responds to Joshua's question as an angel of the Lord here. How is it that you don't recognize me? I shielded you from the death angel. I met you in the cloud and the fire and on the mountain and in the tent of meeting. On the Passover, you just ate. And the question, Joshua, is whose side are you on? Not whose side am I on? And I notice your shoes are still on. <laughs> uh, see, he looks at Joshua and says, you have a plan to take the walled city of Jericho. You want to lead this army or do you want to take your shoes off? And he's still asking us the same question. We ignore our invitations to Passover. We neglect to give our families communion. Are we waiting for a priest to do it? Are we looking for Moses to come? Are we are kings and priests because that's who God has made us. And war is coming, and it's time to take our place on the ranks. And there's not an issue we're facing that can refuse to bow its knee to our commander. And that day at Jericho, the rocks <laughs> bowed down. That's why the walls fell. <laughs> they knew their place better than Joshua, better than the Israelites did. And at command, every rock fell. And we've got to discover that, that beauty of the third Passover, obedience. And uh, so that's our uh, cut number 10, therefore, <laughs> our Passover this morning. Number 11 is coming up. If you've missed any of the other ones from this morning from the Stein Show, you can go to our Victory Facebook page and click on the link. That's where they're all going to be. And then they will be on Ray's own podcast on Victory On Demand. Kids like to have...